Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. The season finale of New Amsterdam Radio starts now, episode 175 and rocking and rolling. How's it going, citizens? Little voice here. It's now officially fall as I record this. Equinox, be darned. Summertime is officially done. Hope you guys got your summer projects out the way. Looking forward to closing out the year strong. That's what we're trying to do on the show as a city for creatives. And if you're a creative person, I am your biggest fan. NewAmsterdam.com. That's K-N-A-W-Amsterdam.com. And even though Amsterdam is in the name of the title, I'm based in Los Angeles. I feel like I have to say that every couple episodes. A lot of my guests and fans are a little bit confused about that. Uh, just a little bit of a backstory if you're not familiar. New Amsterdam, with an N, was the old ancient name for my hometown, New York City, uh, when it was purchased by the Dutch. And, well, K-N-E-W is like knowledge, you know, knowledge, creatives, and also I can copyright it. Anyway, <laughs> we have a lot of cool guests coming out of pipe for you. We have stacked some episodes all the way through uh, October, so uh, let me know how you like the new direction. We're constantly evolving, trying to ask deeper and different questions for our guests. My guest this week is Callie Graver, who is a Pennsylvania recording artist who is doing big things. The Sun's in My Eyes is now available wherever you get your music, and so be able to sit down with her was a treat. Well, without any further ado, I've rambled enough. It's my chat with Callie Graver. Welcome back to New Am Sam Radio, the podcast for creatives. It is I, the mayor, global voice in the mayor's office, recorded this on a Friday, but even though I still have that weekend vibes, I'm happy I'm loose because I am in the booth with Callie Graver, who's going to show me what it means to be a music professional of the highest order. Callie, thanks for coming on the show. Ooh, what an intro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, thanks for being on. And so let's get off the top. The most serious question first. You're from Pennsylvania. So are you Team Wawa or Team Sheets? Oh, you know, that is the question, isn't it? That is the most important one. You hit it right away. <laughs> See, I've been living in Philly for the last like 12 years. So yeah. Philly is Wawa territory. But okay. I grew up in Lancaster. So we were around Sheets, but it was like just when they were bringing Sheets into our kind of like right around the neighborhood. So I think I'm a Wawa person. Wait, you're from Lancaster? Yes, I am. Uh, one of my best buddies, my buddy's Ralph's from Lancaster. I always make fun of him all the time because I'm from Brooklyn. And the only thing we ever knew about Lancaster was Turkey Hill ice cream. So I call him Turkey Hill to his face. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind that's of a legendary thing. Too. You are not wrong. Turkey yeah. Hill right around the corner from my parents' house. So that was always our spot. But they don't have, like, at least at the time, they didn't have a big menu for, yeah. for hot snacks or anything. They had one of those hot dog rollers. <laughs> right. They always make me nervous. I don't know We're... what things end up on those rollers. Oh, but me too slushies, and a, and a ton of ice cream. So, There yeah. you have it. So you are doing something I wish I could do if I had talent. Uh, you, are, you are a musician. And I got to start from the top only because there's so many different paths to that. What At what point in your life you go where you realize, hey, look, I can be an accountant. I can be an astronaut. But music is actually my path. Um, Probably high school was when it was all starting to click like this could be a thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I was singing – all, all growing up. Um, my parents were musicians as well. Um, and they kind of came into music with theater and that's how they met. And so it was always one of those things I knew people do would do for a profession, but didn't know a lot about the just singing thing. 
because mm -hmm. I was like, I can't do theater because there's my feet are not dancing, and there, yeah, visual choir thing wasn't quite my alley. <laughs> yeah, um, but I I knew I wanted to sing and I knew I wanted to do that. Um, but the career part of it came in college when it was sort of realizing like, oh, okay, people can do a lot of different things and make this like a lifestyle of being yeah. a musician. So yeah, I, I came to to go to the University of the Arts and that's when all those things started to really click for me. So jumping ahead a little bit, let's talk about that balance between art and career. I mean, you can write yeah. songs, you can perform songs all you want, but there's a part where you have to be your own advocate or be your own manager or be your best fan. Like, yeah. what's that balance like for you? Is it exhausting? Is it fun? Is somewhere in between? Exhausting. Yeah, it's exhausting. I mean, it's a lot of pressure. And, you know, we live in a world right now that everybody's able to kind of make their stuff and get it out on their own. And that's fabulous. And it opens up a lot of doors for people, but it's also a lot of personal responsibility when you're thinking yeah. about all your own self-advocacy, as you mentioned, and the things that you got to do to get your stuff heard and get seen. Um, and, you know, one of the questions you get asked a lot by people that might not know the industry as well is like, well, do you have a manager? And it's like, kind of, I mean, yeah. kind of self-manage. Um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. Um, and then as a gigging person, you sort of like, I find myself with a lot of different types of musicians. So you have your your built-in network of people that are your colleagues. Yeah. But then you've got to get your music past those people too and out into an audience that's going to be dedicated to you. And that's that's tricky. So with that balance or I guess lack thereof sometimes, uh, what do you do to, to persevere in those days? You're just kind of like, you know what? What am I doing this for? <laughs> like, I could just wake up and do something else. Uh, what makes you keep going? Like, no, I, I'm going to work on this. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot, a lot of ice cream, a lot of turkey. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting on the couch with a bowl of ice cream thinking of, thinking over all my life choices. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Right? Um, but yeah, you... I felt really fortunate to have people that I make music with and gig with that have been very encouraging to me. And I fall back into those people that have that have made me feel like what I have to say and what the music I have to put out is important um, yeah. outside of the gigs that we do that aren't always creatively fulfilling. They're to make music for other people. So those are the people that I fall to that have made me feel like what I'm going to do is important. I always ask those questions because my, my parents, they're very, uh, uh, the word left-brained. You know, my, my dad's an engineer, my mom's a yeah. nurse, and I, I left home at the time to be a filmmaker, which was like three careers ago. But <laughs> but but the idea was like, you know, I, I have what I want to do, then it's like, get a real job. And you're like, maybe you're right. But then you're yeah. like, maybe what I like to do can be a real job. Um, I know it's not a, always about making money. You know, you everyone loves to eat. But uh, yeah. having that balance with creating your craft or working on your craft is always fun. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, one of the places that um, creative people go to when they're looking to make money is mm -hmm. teaching. And um, I've, uh, I, I love to teach. You know, sometimes yeah. it's tiresome. You end up with some students that are really, really dedicated to what they do. Um, I just got a student that I've been teaching since middle school. She just got into college for musical theater. And that was like a huge accomplishment for us together um, to get her through the whole audition process and to get her moving. Um, yeah. And that was a means of income for me to be teaching her and working with her. Um, and if you can find the fulfillment in those things that are also your your fill in your pocket that's really what counts um but i get it sometimes for people that's not teaching isn't it it feels like it's this world where you're giving a lot of yourself to somebody else 
and watch yeah. somebody else run away with your your tips and your secrets and you want them to succeed but it can it can be hard it's very emotionally draining to teach um mm -hmm. and as much as i love it it's one of those jobs that i find myself sometimes feeling like who how do i get back at the end of the day to doing what is for me you give so much of yourself when you're doing those kind of jobs and it's the same thing I sing a lot of party band music, so I'm standing uh, in front of bands at people's weddings, and that oh. you, can, you can see the joy when somebody's excited that you're singing their first dance, and that's nice, but you're like, all right, I sang perfect one more time. I... We are living parallel lives. So my day job, ironically, is that I DJ weddings. Uh, I'm uh, I, nights and weekends. I, yep. I tell people, "Hey, how's it be wedding DJ?" I go, "I play uptown funk every weekend." Yep. And even though uh, I look at it myself as more of a comedian or uh, a master of ceremonies, you're yep. right. How many times can you say the dance floor is not open? Do you go? This is great. Yeah. <laughs> what, what What do I want for a good old flopito? But Forget about me. It's not about me confessing my day job. It's about you. Uh, make our way home. Uh, August 5th was the release date on this one. What's been the feedback like this track? It's been exciting. Um, I've I've worked um, as a gigging person, as a jazz musician. Um, so it was exciting for me to find my voice a little bit of a different direction. There's still a lot of jazz on this record as a whole, but this first single is one that um, my producer, Ben O'Neill, wrote. He wrote the song for me. Um, and we came together at the beginning of the pandemic and decided like, we have something together that we want to put out into the world. So mm -hmm. this was our first single for that reason. And um, I picked this one because the lyric and the, the message of the song has always been a message that we've been trying to convey with the music as a whole and when I go out and sing. Finding that space that is new for people and that invites them into something that feels fresh, yeah. um, but also the familiarity of it. And like, you're always gonna make your way back to where you belong and back to what feels like home. And I hope that my music has brought people in. So it's been fun to see that response um, from people that are welcoming it into their listening routine and into what they're doing. Um, yeah. Really exciting. Does, again, if I'm being ignorant, please let me know. Uh, does does jazz come with an extra added pressure of having this legacy genre and you being a, a fairly newer entry to have a bit of yourself in there while still adhering to the rules of jazz, which is kind of ironic because jazz has rhapsody and all that stuff. But you know what I'm saying? Like, is it does it have its own, like, sort of, like, uh, of challenges being able to be yourself inside the genre? I think that um, with jazz, there's definitely the legacy, right? Like what you're saying, but there's also this, there is a, a, a call for people to take what they do with jazz and make it their own. Mm -hmm. um, it's been very important because it's it's like any other type of art where you learn the rules um, and then you're, you're meant to break them. You're asked to create and to break and to figure out what makes it yours. Um, so yeah, that feels really important to us. It, it's, a, it's a tricky balance to find, especially as um, somebody that came up with jazz as a educational resource. It's a very intellectual, it's a very heady music. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes that creates some distance from listeners who are unsure of how to make it feel like it's something that they can get to because it feels, it, it, jazz can feel like it's for the artist and not for the audience. Um, right. So that balance, it was really important for, to me to strike um, when we were making the record. That was something that was really important to us. Um, 
And so, yeah, there is a little bit of that challenge in making sure the music is for everybody. Do you label your own music or are you a kind of an individual that says, look, I just create to let the world decide? This has feel, felt like a create and let the world feel it out. Um, yeah. There's some songs on our record that are arranged as standards. So those feel like they have more of a lane and more of a direction that people can grab onto. But Make Our Way Home um, has all of the musical and intellectual properties that I think relate to jazz. It's a home base of what we were doing, but it's definitely more folk, more Nora Jones, more um, singer-songwritery um, in that way. Yeah. So it was a little different. Do you operate on a structure? Do you say, I get up and I write between this time or perform or get studio time around this time? Or when inspiration strikes, go to the studio right now, I'm ready to go. What's it like? Uh, I'm I'm not so great on the schedule thing. <laughs> I want to <laughs> be, um, but it, it's not my forte as of yet. Um, and I think we're all navigating that right now as we're still in and out of pandemic world and what that right. means. Um, everybody's world's changed a bit in that way. Um, so I'm working on creating some more consistency in the creative time and allowing that to be there. But um, yeah, if something is is coming to me, I kind of will record it or write it down really quick and come back to it later um, or send it to my producer, Ben, and be like, um, is this anything or is this just mush? <laughs> Do you ever so get the text back saying it's mush? Like, does that ever happen? <laughs> not mush, but he's like... <laughs> You might want to listen to that tomorrow. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's not bad. He would never tell me something's bad. Yeah. Like, this seems unclear. Like, right. Like, what you think you mean. And then I'll listen to it the next day, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what that is. I don't remember. <laughs> right. Were you working with Ben before the pandemic? And if during the pandemic, how did that actually come about? We had... Um, played together maybe a very little bit in the time before the pandemic. And then right when we went into lockdown, I just found myself feeling like I needed people to still be hearing me sing because I wasn't able to go out and perform. I was like, well, how am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. So I just sort of figured, you know, I'll get some music out online just so people can still stay connected with what I was doing. And I'd reached out to some people I'd worked with and I was like, let's arrange something. Let's write something virtually. Let's kind of keep our wheels turning. Um, and at the time thinking when we're out of this in three months, right. we'll, we'll, we'll have stuff to perform. And then we were like, Oh, it's three years. It's, it's much yeah. That expected. Um, so throughout the pandemic, he and I were working on the music together virtually for the first six to eight months or so, kind of writing and figuring out what was going to work. Um, and then we finally got together in a safe way at my house and started playing just duo, then brought in our bass player um, who works with Ben on his original music and really started to feel out how this was going to sound with a larger ensemble. Um, yeah. to then eventually going into the studio with the five-piece band, including myself. Did the lockdown kind of influence that? Or were you just getting used to focusing for hours at a time? Because I felt there was, a, there was I, felt like I, I call it the summer camp era, the Tiger King era of the pandemic, where it was like days were 20 hours long or three hours long, and you just kind of locked yourself in, and then it right. kind of changed and went on. What was like your session time, certain time? Um, we were pretty we were doing short periods when we were just practicing just sort of feeling stuff out um i'm definitely somebody that can't put myself in one task for six hours right. like that's when we're actually going to have mush 
So that that strategy has not always worked for me. So I'm very kind of planned that it's like, okay, I need for this to be somewhere between an hour and a half to three hours. Like that's the zone. And then if I need to get out of it, I need the opportunity to step away. Um, yeah. So I don't feel the pressure anymore to keep going. Yeah. Um, so our sessions were pretty condensed in time in that way. That was what was working best for us. Um, and also, as we were just sort of feeling out how safe the world was, that was what was making sense. Um, and then when we got into the studio, we did two full days of like just doing straight tracks. We tracked everything live with the band um, and then came in for a day and a half or so probably um, collectively of overdubs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so when you are performing and writing and planning and then you're also educating and teaching and yeah. probably have your own life getting groceries or whatever how do you keep everything balanced how do you keep this plate spinning without going absolutely nuts kind of i would if i were you <laughs> i am a list maker um, okay yeah yeah i am i have lists everywhere all over the house um half of them are most likely irrelevant um but I've actually tried also making lists like there's to do lists, but things that I've done list. And that really helps me to feel accomplished. Um, like I didn't just do a bunch of stuff for nothing. Like it helps me to see everything out. Um, so that's been very helpful to me um, in finding that balance. And then there are just things that I enjoy doing for fun that kind of feel like a total release that I can like really distract myself from work. Um, I love to cook. I love just to be at home and make a nice meal and yeah. watch law and order for three hours like <laughs> yeah. that's what i'm doing to relax so finding that balance has been good for me yeah no wonder you do you think hot dogs and a spit is disgusting to look at if you make your own food fresh you're like wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> it's just a spinning thing it just yeah. out. i don't know just being in its own glaze <laughs> So what, what's been the feedback uh, from your team? I know you have your management team or, or your professional team, but I'm sure you have some friends, family members, supporters. Uh, what's been the feedback uh, with the release of this uh, EP? Oh, it's been wonderful. Um, it's been really fun to see how people are reacting to this type of music from me um, as they hear that I do really different things when I'm out gigging with them. So like, oh, this is the direction. This is how it sounds. It's exciting. Um, yeah, and in terms of my team, when we were making the music together, especially with my musicians, it was really important for me to be working with people that were going to allow me to be really vulnerable in the studio as we were finding my voice and finding what that space was going to be. That was mm -hmm. really important to me. So all of this was really fresh and it was going to be one of those like, we're not going to hear how this sounds until we hear the record. We weren't um, creating really much sort of... Um, <laughs> What's, what's the word I'm looking for? There weren't any automated tracks for us to hear how this was going to go. Everything was just live. We were just going to hear it on the fly and work yeah. it out. So when we finally got even just the first raw mixes of everything and I was sending it to some of the musicians, they were like, wow, okay. And we were feeling that together in the moment, but yeah. to get that gratification when it was finished, it was like, Okay, good. Everybody is as excited as I am about how special we think this music sounds. Are you a kind of person to celebrate the wins? And if so, how? I'm working on it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. I want to be. <laughs> I, do, I do find enjoyment um, 
and I, I have been finding ways to celebrate myself. Um, this has been a big project for me. This has been a big task for me to be so vulnerable with music and to be doing something that's mine as an artist. Um, yeah. That's a new title for me. Yeah. Um, I've always been helping other people make their art. So finding myself as an artiste is, is new. Um, so that has come with finding ways to celebrate it and to, um, you know, express that this is important to me and finding my voice in that. So yeah, I've been, um, we took a little mini vacation. It was, I was met with a lot of emails so that I had to say, <laughs> I'm still working. Right. But, was still nice it was still a nice way to celebrate and we're gonna have a party in a couple weeks with all the musicians and people that were part of the project so that's gonna be a really nice way for us to all be together you said something that was interesting about finding yourself as an artist uh so i come from now the stand-up world i come from a lot of worlds but i come from the stand-up world and i released my second ep american for now back in 2018 i assure you it's not an advertising post but my friends, uh, to answer the question I asked you, they said, oh man, this is really great. I was, we get to see more about your insight, but I need you to go deeper. And mm -hmm. that gave me like the biggest writer's block ever. I didn't, I thought I was deep AF, but apparently right. they want more. Uh, have you ever got that question as an artist? And if so, have you, uh, are the path of figuring that out? Or is it kind of like a, are you doing the question mark thing that I'm doing right now? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I found myself sort of um, in the creative process, also wanting to be sure that the musicians were heard and that um, their ideas were seen through if they had something to offer. Um, so I, I would often defer to them and be like, well, what do you think? And they're like, well, I don't know. What do you think? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I thought I knew what I thought, but I don't think I know what I think. Um, right. So yeah, there, there was a little bit of that. And I've always considered myself somebody that's kind of an open book. Um, you can ask me pretty much anything. There's not much that I won't really tell you. I don't think. Um, right. but yeah, I guess there, there was a little of what do you think? you want for this music what do you think it sounds like and um are you ready to go there and i thought that i was um but it took a little bit for me to to know what that voice was and to be willing to share it because i was i was nervous i was yeah. you know i was scared about what people would think there's always there's always that i mean to say you're not thinking about what other people think it's like you, you gotta think a little bit right <laughs> Yeah. Was there a particular song or aspect of your life that you were portraying that you were most nervous about? Or just like you being, I'm, a, I'm here, world. Hey. Probably that part. Okay. Um, and we wrote, I wrote a song for the record called The Sun's In My Eyes. And that's actually the, the title of our, of our record. And that song was kind of me expressing all the fears that I had. And mm -hmm. like, why am I holding myself back from this? Um, yeah. from all the things that I want to do. They're all just on the other side of this door. And, you know, why am I so afraid to open it for myself? And like, you know, there's going to be opportunities that people are going to be able to bring you. And if somebody isn't, you know, ready to take you there, you just wait for the next person, something's going to happen. Um, but I felt like for a long time, I was maybe the reason things weren't happening for myself. So, oh, yeah. so yeah, there was this, this song for me was the space where I was writing, um, like uh, one of the lyrics is on the other side of fear is everything that I've ever dreamed of, but I have to bring me, I have to bring every ounce of me to every yeah. minute of the day. 
one, that's deep. Uh, but two, that kind of begs the question. Are there any aspects of the things you dream of you're willing to share? Like, what does success on that other side of the hill look like for you? Being seen as an artist and being seen as someone that has um, a voice, um, as somebody that always contributes to help making other people's music, I take a lot of pride in that. And that's really influenced the music that we're making because I have a lot of... Um, creative outlets and a lot of influences from a lot of different places. Um, But I struggled to know people saw me as somebody that was going to make something special um, and that was going to be able to contribute to the art in the world. Um, So yeah, that was a scary thing. And that still scares me. That still makes me nervous. That still feels like a space that I'm not sure people see me in yet. And we're, we're getting there. We're getting to that spot. Um, But that would be what would feel like a success for me. Well, you're you're there now. You got the EP on the way. There's a whole generation I, of people I, are influenced by your work. I mean, you're doing the things that legacies are built off of now. I hope so. <laughs> Is <laughs> well, I just I'm just putting it out there. I, <laughs> I want to blow smoke. I'm just saying Thank it's you. true. Thank you. <laughs> uh, is, is there a, a do you believe in you say you believe in lists is there like a bucket list for for you for particular venues particular awards that you want to hit or just kind of like hey look song by song album by album i'm just doing cali at one point i think there was more of a specific bucket list um in terms of kind of big cities i want to crack into those scenes this and that um i've toured as a background singer for a lot of um, pops orchestra shows that um, sing in front of big symphonies and do theme shows. Like right now I sing as a background singer for an Aretha Franklin theme show. And I would have loved to do a lead for a show like that. And while I still think something like that could be in my future, I'm sort of finding myself in this space where I'm taking away some of the specifics and Mm -hmm. trying to let myself know I am in this stage now. I am in this place where I wanted to be and me 10 years ago would be really proud of what I'm doing and the successes that I have had. So that's all a part of this journey of like being a working musician and creative person. Personal question. You said you weren't a theater kid, but you're in the background of an Aretha Franklin show. Isn't that like theatrical? Aren't you not like swaying or, or doing rhythmically? We're definitely doing a little two-step in. Um, okay. Yeah, there's there's some two-step in, but not too much more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. When when people talk about the careers of of artists and performers, there's, there tends to be a crossroad of of experimenting outside the genre. I know it's kind of too early to say on your path, but I'm sure there must be some kind of like genres you would love to tackle with your music in the future, if there's any. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've played into a lot of stuff with this music, and I'll be curious to see if in the future one of those ends up leading the way more than the others. Um, Ben, as my producer, also goes out and plays guitar for John Legend. So he's really familiar with the very contemporary R&B style. So there's some of that sprinkled in there. Um, There's some straight ahead jazz feelings as well. Um, And I wonder if maybe one of those directions is gonna be more prominent in the next year or so. I found myself really confident in um, how I've been singing in sort of jazz blues style more recently. And that's been an avenue that's been very new um, that I've been trying out different things with my voice. So I wonder if maybe in the next year that might guide the way the music sounds. 
Well, typically I would say something along the lines of, hey, you have any advice for someone starting out? But I want to just dig a little bit deeper. Uh, I'm listening right now. I don't have musical talent in that way, but I'm sure someone listening does. What is step zero? If they really want to say, I've made the decision, I'm committing to this path. I heard Callie's talk. I could do it myself. What is a step zero they have to do to make sure they can get themselves going? To get themselves going as a, as a musician? As a musician, yeah. Ooh, step zero. Um... Mm, that's tricky. Yeah, I, I would say step zero is to get to know your instrument. Um, I, as a teacher, that's my biggest goal for my students to know their, know themselves and to know the, their strengths and their weaknesses with their voice, their strengths and weaknesses with the things um, that kind of come with the self-advocacy we were talking about and putting out their stuff on the internet. Get to know the things that you know you're good at and the things that you know you're gonna need help on. Because I think that we are all afraid to ask for help, at least a little bit afraid to figure out what you need help on. And if you can figure out those things, then you're gonna be able to guide what you need moving forward in your career. Um, and you don't always have to know what you wanna do yet. I think right. um, that is also something that maybe misguides people a lot. If they have like a specific goal, then they, it's hard for them to see the other great things that are happening along the way. And I'm very guilty of that too. Um, but if you can get yourself sort of feeling like, I understand that I'm really good at this. I'm really good at singing this one thing, um, but I wanna be better at this, or I want to work on this kind of thing and I may need help. If you can get to know yourself you'll know how to advocate for yourself and then how to put yourself out in the world of other musicians and the world of producers and people that are going to help you make the art you want to make. Yeah, I could. I totally am with you with knowing that things can change. I wanted to be a Power Ranger when I was eight years old, so I could totally relate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Kramer, thanks so much for being on New Amsterdam Radio. Now's the time. If anyone wanted to connect with you, see all your upcoming projects, how they go about doing that. Absolutely. They can go to my website, CallieGraver.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, all the social media, CallieGraver. Um, and my music is available on all streaming services as well. Great. And I've never been to Sheets. I plan to do that next time I'm in Pennsylvania. Make your way to Sheets. Get the mozzarella <laughs> sticks. They're the way to go. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.